This is Her Story with Ashley Adams from B97.5 in Knoxville, Tennessee. It's an empowered podcast featuring influential women. It's Her Story, Empowering Women. And I'm joined this morning by Bonnie Jill Laughlin. She's an American model, television personality, sportscaster, and most notably, the first female scout in the NBA. You are such an inspiration for women in sports and broadcasting, also for television. You have done it all. It's just amazing. I don't know how how in the world you have time. When do you sleep? I know, but you know, you're probably the same way. I'm one of those that doesn't feel like an adequate person if I'm not constantly going, 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 you know, because you never promise, you know, you look at so many people and I think they wish they would have done more in their life and they have regrets and I'm one of those that doesn't want regrets. I want to live life to the fullest and, you know, not uh, not be, you know, you don't really promise tomorrow, so just kind of do everything you want to do and we're not getting any younger, right? Absolutely. <laughs> so I just try to like go after and get them, you know? Have you always known that you wanted to do what you're doing? Where did you go? Where did you grow up, Bonnie? Yeah, so originally um, from the Bay Area, uh, outside of San Francisco, um, and you know, a daddy's girl. Yeah. And so I uh, grew up, you know, with uh, you know, my mom was kind of more into me doing like the dancing and the pageants, and my dad was into <laughs> me playing sports and you know, my horses and such. And you know, I just always was fascinated though with sports though because my dad. Um, was a season ticket holder for the Stanford Giants, the 49ers, the Warriors. We did a lot of Stanford and Cal games as well. And um, I just knew, like, at a young age, I wanted to have sports be a part of my life. And, you know, most kids go to the games and they're kind of like just, you know, want to get some candy and let's get the foam finger and just, you know what I mean? Like, with me, I was so just, you know, into these, you know, these players and like, you know, hey, dad, you know, where do they go to college or, yeah. you know, how fast do they run the 40? And my dad goes, how do you know about the 40? You know, because I was always reading the sporting green. And I don't know, it's just funny. It just, I don't know, maybe something in my DNA or something just the way I was born. I just wanted to be, you know, involved in sports. And I knew that was going to be something in my journey. And it, you know, ended up that way, and you know, working hard. And as you know, as a female, it's not the toughest, uh, not the easiest. <laughs> right. Pretty tough at times, but you got to have thick skin and you got to kind of persevere and keep going because, uh, uh, they're, they're not uh, easy on us ladies. No, they're not. Now, that's one question I want to delve into that. How did you, were you taken seriously right away, or how did you get the guys to take you seriously? Yeah, that was a that was a big thing, and I think <laughs> women still deal with that today, is that, you know, we're in our microscope, I think, actually, more than you know, the men. Like, if the men make a mistake that's kind of overlooked. With us, it's like, you know, they kind of harp on it. And, and I think it was just, you know, um, working hard, my work ethic. I think work ethic is everything. You know, if you put your mind to something and you work better and you want to learn. And I had a lot of great, you know, like for example, when I was scouting for the Lakers, I had some great uh, Kurt Rambis and um, Tex Winter and different guys, the late Tex Winter, you know, kind of take me under their wing and to kind of show me like what to do. And, you know, uh, and I always wanted to be taken seriously. So I just, you know, I did a lot of hours where, you know, like especially the first year I was scouting, I didn't get paid at all. Oh, and wow. I wanted to prove myself. Um, and, I just really made sure to really, I mean, just absorb so much information and constantly watching film. And, you know, I mean, even today when in our profession, I'm sure with you, actually, you're always learning more, right? You, yep. There's never a time when you look at a Kobe Bryant and a Michael Jordan and right after they win a championship, they're back at the gym. What does that tell you? That you're, you can always get better, you know? And so I think that's what was that people respected my work ethic and my hustle and grind. And I think after a while I became if you want to say one of the boys, you know, so that's kind of how it all kind of worked out for me. Absolutely. Let me ask you, because you are uh, the first female scout in the NBA. 
Um, what's, what was your biggest grab? Who was the player you were after the, the most? Well, you know, it, when I, my, in my first year, it was funny because there was a kid, Jordan Farmer, who was a guard. Yes. Uh, he was a local kid. So he went to Taft High, and then he went to UCLA. And, you know, we were really looking for guards that, you know, because Phil Jackson always wanted big guards, right? Yeah. And so we were looking for these guards. And, you know, normally the Lakers could care less, actually, about local kids. But there's something about this kid that I really liked because he had a really high basketball IQ. And as we know, to learn the triangle offense, that you couldn't be no dummy. You know what I mean? You yeah. gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you know, you gotta have a little bit of a basketball IQ. And so I was able to, you know, kind of get the Lakers to really look at him. And you know, and I know he wasn't a big name, but he ended up winning championships with the Lakers. You know, and ended up being one of our main guards through you know some championship runs. And so I always kind of put that feather in my cap because I always loved the fact that you know they weren't gonna they were gonna overlook him. He ended up being a big part of the Lakers uh, championships during that run. Got a lot of uh, women and a lot of uh, gals, little ones that will be listening to this uh, blog and podcast, and they'll say, "Wow." Uh, how, how do I do it? How do I get started? What's my first step into this, Bonnie Jill? I guess it depends, you know, what, if it's, you know, sports reporting or, you know, whether you want to get you know, basketball ops, football ops, or whatever you're trying to do, if it's supposed to be, you know, some want to do more of the ops, some want to do more you know, the business side. But I mean, the biggest thing I always think is the networking is so important. So networking, getting a good Rolodex, meeting a lot of people, and then like whether you're interning or working as a system. I mean, you know, a lot of us have to start at the bottom, you know, or yeah. you've got good connections and you get you in, you know, get you in the door. But I think the biggest thing is just to take anything and, you know, cause some people feel like they got to, Oh, I want to let's say you're, you know, working, uh, you want to be a sports reporter. Well, I want to go right to ESPN. Well, that doesn't work like that, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you got to like kind of work your way up and be humble and be able to and take every job. And, and even maybe it's not the job that you're necessarily want to end up being your long-term goal, but get in sports somehow. You know what I mean? Like yeah. get in that world, you know, get in that industry, as you know, and start to meet people and get cards and, you know, keep those contacts. And, and eventually you start to build, you know, that, um, you know, that circle that you can kind of trust and then it leads to one thing to another. And then you kind of maybe zoom, you know, in on what you feel is going to be right. Because some people will say, Hey, you know, I've had people, I really want to be a sports reporter. I want to be on TV. All of a sudden, like, no, I really like to write or I like to produce better. Or, you know, I, I actually know I want to be, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, an agent, you yeah. know, you, female agents now. You know, so there's so many different things that you start to see that, you know, for a while women felt they could only be, you know, a sideline reporter, right? We're right. told that's all we could do, you know. Uh-huh. Now it's opening up. And then you look at these coaches, you look at Becky Hammonds, how successful she is, and Katie Sowers for the Niners. And, oh. I mean, it's kind of... It's actually crazy, like how how open it is now for women. I think it will continue. It wasn't that way though, because you being no. the first, <laughs> you being the first female scout. Who in the world inspired you? Who did you look up to? Well, you know, um, it was funny because at the time um, I was covering the Lakers um, for the KCAL KCBS, the CBS affiliate in Los Angeles, and I was doing pre and post. And you know, um, Phil Jackson and Jeannie Buss and the late Dr. Jerry Buss. Um, they, I don't know why, but they were always looking outside the box and they said, you know, you have a good eye and, you know, not just because you're a female, but you have a good eye for talent. What do you, uh, you know, would you be you know, interested in maybe scouting? And oh. I never really thought about that, but, you know, I do like looking for talent, you know, um, something I would want to do. So I said, Hey, you know, like I told you before, like I, I went out, I started scouting pack 12, um, it was actually pack 10 at the time and big 12. 
and let me do this, you know, and let me prove myself. Yeah. So, you know, Jerry Buss was one of my biggest fans and he always was like, you know, be yourself. Cause I always was like, well, I want to be accepted. Like when you'd asked me before of being accepted, and he said, be yourself. He goes, you know, everything else will come after, you know, don't try to be someone you're not because a funny story. When I went to my first uh, assignment at the NBA pre-draft camp in Orlando, I didn't, I was, you know, nervous because I was the only female. So actually, I put my hair in um, my hat, you know, my, in my baseball cap, yeah. and wore these baggy, baggy sweats. And uh, Brian Shaw, B. Shaw, who's uh, one of our assistants, he's like, why are you walking like that? What are you doing? And I said, well, I want to look like a little, I want to look like a boy. You know what I mean? I want to, like, blend in. <laughs> yeah. Goes, Stop. <laughs> goes, I don't know what you're doing. And I said, well, you know, you know, and he just kind of felt, there's a little bit of insecurity of walking into a gym full of every NBA scout, you know, in the country yeah. and they're all male. Yeah. You know? So I think the biggest thing was I, I think I kind of learned a little bit from everyone and my dad and my mom, we're always nice. We have a good foundation support system there, but everyone just kind of telling me to be myself and then work through it and people will accept you by just your work ethic, your credibility, your knowledge. And then it all kind of come through. But I think it's, I don't really think there's one person. I think it's a lot of people that kind of, and still that in me and kind of made me who I was. It is a ladder, isn't it? I mean, it is. And each person can be that rung for you. Oh, yeah, you know? absolutely. And you know this. It's like always there's always something more that you learn and there's something else more that someone kind of instills in you. And then it kind of makes you who you are. And then you kind of are able to pass that down because I'm always trying to I always get a lot of emails and DMs and, yeah. you know, from girls, you know, at a young age sometimes even that are already saying that they want to work in sports and I always kind of give them advice and try to give a helping hand because I was, you know, people help me and I always think that you should pay it forward and help others and any kind of advice or insight you can help other females. You know, I think it's uh, I think it's kind of part of our job actually to, to do that. Yeah, absolutely. You are looked at as a pioneer, which is amazing, but let me, you mentioned mom and dad. Do you think that they're proud of you? Oh yeah, absolutely. I think sometimes they think actually that <laughs> I think my dad and mom sometimes think, we raised a, too much of an independent girl, you know, because I'm so, like, I don't need, you know, and, you know what I mean? I don't need anyone for anything. Yeah. I'm used to doing everything on my own, you know, paying my own bills and, and you know what I mean? Like, everything, you yeah. know, and I, I guess that's why, you know, I'm not married because I'm just, <laughs> just so focused on, you know, I know this sounds maybe selfish, but just like my career, my goal, my charity work, my, you know, just, I don't know. I just have been so focused just on that and uh, they're really proud of me, but I just think they, they know, like, sometimes they say, You'd be going 110% since you're like 16, 17 years old. It's okay sometimes to, you know, take a break. You know, I can be, I can literally be honest and say, except a couple trips to Vegas or Miami, friends. I've never really taken a vacation. Do you know what I mean? Whenever I gone out of the country, it's for work, you know, or my charitable stuff. And sometimes I guess it's some advice I tell people is to have balance. I don't really have much balance, you know. Yeah. I kind of just, you know, uh, one mode is go, and it's just, you know, about. my career, and uh, sometimes it, uh, it can be an overload. I think, you know, if I was to look back, I would think maybe I need a little more balance in my personal life. <laughs> you mentioned the charity work, <laughs> and I love that you love animals. Just can you fill folks in on what you love? Yeah, so my big uh, passion is obviously animal welfare and obviously our veterans as well, and you're a veteran. Yep. You know, I was uh, reading that, so thank you so much for your service. So thank my um, charity, Hounds and Heroes, what I formed in 2011, nonprofit 501c3, and what we do is we rescue dogs from the shelter 
and then we pair them up with wounded warriors, combat veterans, yeah. as uh, service dogs and therapy dogs. And so, you know, we're essentially saving two lives with the suicide rate so high with uh, PTS uh, with our veterans and mm-hmm. the euthanasia rate with dogs. It's a, a win-win. And so I do that with dogs, and I also do that with horses where we rescue horses that would otherwise be slaughtered, and we pair them up with um, these wounded warrior retreats, equine retreats that we do on the weekends in Texas. So oh. that's something I'm really proud of because it's just something that, uh, you know, I always feel like there's so much that we can, or not enough, I should say, for our veterans and then, you know, our furry friends that don't have a voice. So that's uh, really where my passion lies. <laughs> Body Jill Laughlin, a pleasure talking with you. One more question before I, I have to let okay. you go. Who is the stronger sex, men or women? Oh, females. Come on, no. Ashley. We know that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, come on. And not to put down, we know the men, but like we have six and we go through so much. I mean, there's women who are able to juggle a million things. I mean, think about, you know, I'll talk about balance, but there's women who have full-time careers and jobs and they also are raising a family while doing everything for their husband. They're the backbone and foundation of kind of everything. I mean, am I right or Abs- am I wrong? Absolutely. I, mean, I think a lot of, and I think men will even say that, that. What would this world be without women? I mean, I think that's just you know, that's not bashing any men, but men will say that. And now we can multitask. Ask a man to multitask. His head will blow off, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they can't do it. That is fantastic. Bonnie, Jill, thank you so much for your time. Keep doing what you're doing. We love you. Thanks, Ashley. Keep in touch. You've been listening to Her Story, an empowered podcast featuring influential women. Her Story. You can listen, subscribe, and download this podcast from B975.com and on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher.